London Stock Exchange Group is here to be your essential global markets infrastructure and data partner, where open isn't just a platform, but a philosophy, giving you the freedom to make your mark in the world. LSEG. Open makes more possible. Live from Southern California, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time for a new episode of Kings of the Podcast. Buckle up, here we go! Welcome back to Kings of the Podcast and DBE, episode 13.1. Why, John? Why 13.1? Same homestand. I just feel like it's been, you know, we normally go a little bit longer between episodes, and this one comes right on the heels of our last episode. I'm going to go 13.1. It's great. Outside the box. That's what we do here. We have some fun stuff coming up tonight, DB. Uh, We have special guest is going to be Greg Hetson. Punk rock legend. Looking forward to that, man. What a great Kings fan, too, man. Really long time, intense guy, smart, uh, a little bit shy. So, we'll, you know, like Craig Johnson, <laughs> we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna coax him out of his shell, and I'm sure he's going to be great. But uh, yeah, looking forward to Greg because he's one of the OGs of punk rock for sure. Absolutely. Of course, fans know him, people know him. Uh, Bad Religion, the Circle Jerks, which have been in the news recently. I'm sure we'll talk about that. Uh, Red Cross, so many other bands, punk rock karaoke, and so on. And uh, Greg's a great guy and a huge Kings fan, like you said, DB. So we'll get him in here. Yep. Um, to get started here, though, tonight, DB, I first I want to talk about something that has nothing to do with hockey, although it's somewhat related to the podcast. So yeah. we normally are here when we record after a game. We're here pretty late. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably get home after midnight by the time all is said and done. Correct. And you recently had purchased a sleep number sleep bed. Sleep number bed, <laughs> And yes. from what I understand, there's there's some shenanigans going on with yeah, your sleep number you know, bed. It's funny because I've been married for 10 years to the lovely PJ, and she likes a firm bed, and I don't. I, I've always wanted a softer mattress, and sleep number allows that. There's settings for both sides of the bed, so I have the, one of the lowest settings ever. So, And there's an app that they have that monitors your sleep your breaths your heartbeat it's a, it's amazing technology so it monitors your breath yeah so yeah. it'll tell you like hey get up and go brush your teeth no breaths <laughs> breaths it's a new york accent how many times you breathe in a minute your heart rate all this other stuff and it, it kind of gauges gives you like you know you do with ratings with uh, professional athletes it gives you a score every night so <laughs> a score on your sleep yeah so like okay. from one to 100 so i got like 50 kind of low score and then the next night it was like about 65 i'm like wow that's really great and so it monitors when you get into bed when you get out of bed if you get up to go to the bathroom stuff like that and so i come on the next night the second i'm like wow my score went really up and i looked at it i'm like going 11 o'clock at night I got into bed, and I'm like, no. <laughs> you were I, with me at 11 Yeah, o'clock. I got home at 12.15. It measured the dog's <laughs> sleep rate, not mine. Bomber, my little, my, my, my puppy. Um, that is retriever. not a puppy. Yeah, he's 95 Maybe that's not a he's puppy. He's a year and a half old. It measured the, the, so the dog sleeps well. The dog loves the bed. Me, not so much yet, but the dog loves sleep number. So, you know, sleep number should be a sponsor of Kings of the Podcast, and if not, at least sponsor my dog's food or something like that. So that was kind of funny when I looked at the uh, Sleep the number beds, now available at PetSmart. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's Fantastic. Yeah. Um, 
Look, we're going to just talk about this game tonight here against San Jose very briefly, DB. We yeah. couldn't, it, it wasn't really in our lineup, but we would be remiss to ignore the game and just go into our, our full right. uh, lineup here tonight. I tweeted this out earlier, and I mentioned it to you as well. Andre Kopitar said to me after the game the other night that he would like to see the Kings with a little bit more desperation early in the game. This was the Arizona game he was referring to yeah. because they played a great 40 minutes, but they were really flat in that first 20 minutes. So tonight I was expecting to see a team with a lot more desperation. Didn't see that for 35 yeah, you know, minutes. It was, minutes. It was a really it was a snoozer yeah. here. And then all of a sudden they get that goal late in the second period and everything sort of kicked yeah. in. And I was impressed with what I saw over the final 25 minutes plus well, a little bit of overtime. I certainly thought the Kings were going to cash in. They had a four-on-three yeah. for about a full minute there in overtime. And with all the momentum on their side Agreed. and how well they had been playing, I thought that they were going to be able to cash in. Uh, just wanted to get your take on the game. 0 for 5 on the power play. Oh, wasn't the one goal a power play goal? No. Yeah, I, th I thought it was. No, I'm looking at the stats right here, final. No, Kopitar had a, a Kopitar's goal, I'm pretty sure, was a power play goal. All right, well. It's not what the box score says. Okay. Well, you're probably on your sleep number app. Uh, you're probably looking at the wrong app. <laughs> or, you're on, what's your, or you're on your coffee bean app, so you no. don't know what you're... No, Kopitar's goal was not a power play goal. Are you sure? 12.52, wrist shot, even strength. The pass okay. from Ayafalo? Yep. Even strength. We can, you can or was it Kempe that had an... Uh, no, 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 I'm just telling you, just none of it was 0 for 5 on the power play. The, the, the power play in overtime was... Look... Defoley made an awful play. I mean, he lost possession in, uh, on the four-on-three. It's just, it's not, John. How many more wins would they have with a good power? With a well, decent not only Defoley, but Brownie also lost the puck. Yeah, he did lose the puck. center yeah, ice. But it's just, it's, it's the same thing. But I agree with you, John. Because when I watched that first thirty-five minutes, I'm saying this looks like a game from last season. And they turned the switch, and they got a point. Now you can argue it's a good point or a bad point. Um, they got Any a, point is a good point for the LA Kings <laughs> this year. I mean, let's be honest. No, it is. And coming off the loss to Arizona, this was this was a, um, a solid 25-minute effort, but I'm sure Todd wasn't totally satisfied because the way the team started, they weren't engaged. It was, it was it, like I said, it looked like last season. Uh, but you get a point. Um, John, they've got to do either a different strategy. I don't know what they can do with the personnel. It's just... It's well, I'll just, tell you one thing they can do with the yeah. personnel. What? Ask Drew to stop taking an extra second... <laughs> I nudged yeah, you a few no, times. Every right. time I see Dowdy and I, you know, Shoot with the puck, the right he, away. he takes an extra second or yeah. half a second before he does something with it. Move the puck, pass it or shoot it. Do something, yeah. but don't play with the puck. Why are you playing with the puck yeah, on a I, power play? I agree play? with you. Just just let it go. But but the other thing is their their strategy. They never get shots from the slot. I, I look at. I have some advanced statistics that I subscribe to, and they they are near the bottom of the lead of trying to pass the puck into the slot and shoot it from the slot. That has to change. The only way you score in this league is from the slot. So it's got to be a different strategy. I don't know what you can do with the personnel. I agree with you. There's too much hesitancy. But I think what happens is, John, it's just, you know, it's psychological, right? When you go out there, you're going to go, okay, how are we going to blow this one? And it's just, it's just not working. And it's, it's frustrating because they would probably have maybe three or four more wins and maybe be in a, in a, in a race. Maybe we don't want them to be in the race this season. Uh, but they, something's got to change it. He's gotta, Todd's got to look at it differently. He's got, the pr approach has to be different. Like I said, I'm not sure what you can do about the personnel, but that's really preventing them from winning a lot of games. Well, not only that, they don't even get momentum off these power plays, John. Mm -hmm. That's the issue. Like you mentioned, the 4-3 and three in overtime. If you would dominate possession and maybe when – you know, you go back to even strength because of that momentum you ride. You, you'd be able to build off that, but they couldn't build off it. So, but you know, they got a bad bounce. The the puck went to Marlowe. He finished the game, and and that was it. In our uh, Adrian Kempe update of the night, it's like yeah. a briefcase now. Kempe has to, he has his own segment on the show. <laughs> 
I thought Kempe looked great on the power play tonight. I, I thought he was much more engaged, shooting the puck, moving the puck, and was playing Second better. Second star of the game. Let's he go. was playing better tonight on the power play than I than I and remember. And he got robbed early in the first period by Jones. He, mm-hmm. he mean, he shot it into him, but that, there's a really wicked shot. So hopefully, I mean, what what's that? His third goal of the night, a third goal of the season. Gonna have to do better than that. But you you can see this, John. Here's a game like that is when you start saying, okay, this guy does have potential. He has the skills. And what are you gonna do about you know? Or, you know, can he, the consistency still needs to be there. And it, it's not, but tonight was, when you think positively of Adrian Kempe, you think of a game tonight where he was influencing the outcome. And then one final thing here, uh, before we get into Pola Palooza, yeah. down the street in Anaheim, the uh, Anaheim Ducks are taking on the New York Islanders. Of course, New York's going to be in here. They're going to be looking for blood, DB, yeah. after what just happened. The Ducks not only beat them, but John Gibson gets his first shutout of the season and they end that streak from yeah, the island. I think their first regulation loss since October 11th. What a streak. And it's a team that doesn't score a lot of goals, but they defend, they defend. Like, John, you know. <laughs> they don't what, score a lot of goals the night they're shut out. Thank exactly. you, DB. <laughs> insert your rim shot uh, sound effect there. Exactly. Hold on. Oh, I got no, wrong applause. Look. Okay, that's good. <laughs> round of applause for DB. For, for your joke, round Thank of you. applause. Thank you. taking a bow. I'm taking a bow. Um, it, that looks like a 3-2-2-1 game on, on Wednesday night. Oh, well. Yep. I will not be here. You're on your own, DB. We'll talk about that. For the second coming, we'll talk about that in the third period. Let's get into Pola Palooza. Yes, this has been one of our more popular segments that we've done here in in the short uh, period that we've been doing Kings of the Podcast. But it gives the fans an opportunity to weigh in and give their opinions. And so I want to tell you how how they voted, and then also hear your opinions on things. So, question number one: After 23 games. What grade would you give the Todd father? What, how would you feel, basically, that McClellan's been doing? And um, we had A, B, C, and D were the answers that were offered. 59% gave him a B, 21% an A, 17% a C. 3% of the people gave him a D. I'd love to meet who those people are. <laughs> I think they're just the contrarians that just yes, love to try agreed. to screw things up because I really don't understand how anybody could give him a D. Right. A C, to me, is the wrong grade. Um, because I think that you're trying to tie the standings and or the point totals Agreed. to to McClellan. Personally, I don't think that you could give him an A either. And I, you know, one of the guys that was you know on the McClellan yeah, bandwagon sure. from November of last year. Right. But I think a solid B uh, would be a good grade. And most of the fans seem to be in the same range, fifty nine percent. I'm just curious, where do you land? I on had the same thing. I had a, you had B. a B. Uh, yeah, because it was, uh, it's about the attitude of this team. They're engaged. Mm-hmm. They play hard every uh, most nights. Um, the talent isn't, you know, the talent isn't really there from the top line down. Um, look, it would be if they had a better power play, I'd probably give them an A. It's so funny that you say that because that's exactly what the my special key, teams. Play, I, yeah. I sort of went through a whole litany of things, and I was like, okay, what do I think? I really put a lot of thought into it. I said, okay, what do I think about how he's used the goaltenders? I'm okay with it. Yes, like I, you know, I don't have any real major issues with it. Okay, right. what about line combinations? On the margins, I might have a couple of suggestions, but there was there's nothing major it's or not egregious much you could do yeah, either, right? that I'm like, oh, that's ridiculous, you know. Yeah. Um, and so I just went through a whole series of things, and the only thing I really landed on that I had a problem with were special, special teams. Special teams, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, okay. okay, yeah. No, I'm on the, I'm on board with that because the attitudes change. And again, we'll reiterate for the 90th time: this is the right guy at the right time for this team. Absolutely. Okay. Question number two: Who would you like to see called up next? And the four choices were Anderson Dolan, Bjorn Foot. Uh, Mikey Anderson, Kale Clegg. I originally had Martin Furk on here only because he has that wicked shot from right. the top of the circle. And if you're looking for offense, forget about prospects. If you're worried more about the Kings winning, you might want to call him up at some point. 
Um, does have a little bit of NHL experience. But anyway, I, I went with four prospects. So Anderson Dolan, mm-hmm. Bjorn Foot, Mikey Anderson, and Clegg. Uh, Anderson Dolan won the poll with 39%. And then there was a split. About 25% of the vote each went to Mikey Anderson and 25% to Kale Clegg. Um, interesting that of those four players, basically, that I believe are the next four NHL-ready players, right. that three of them are defensemen, defensemen right. on a team that desperately needs defensemen. <laughs> I was very surprised, though, that Bjorn Foot only received 13% of the votes, largely because he was a first-round draft pick last year. He's already been here. Fans were really excited about when he was playing Drew with Drew Doughty. Yeah, Doughty was excited. He only received 13% of the vote, and so I was just wondering if fans... Not that they've soured on him, but they. If I was just curious if they kind of had this like, yeah, we've already seen him. Now we want to see Mikey Anderson, or now we want to see yeah. Clegg. I don't know. I think that's plus the age factor, too. He's 18, so I think he is. Might, that, but for me, because of the lack of center play, it was Anderson Dolan. I, I'd like to see him come up and get a shot, maybe even the two seed in, in this in this season. They have nothing to lose at this point in time, and maybe get some power. I know he's not, you know, John, you've talked about his, what does he project as a 3C? 3C, exactly. Mm-hmm. But in this season, Put him in the two seed and give him a give him a ten game run and see if he can manufacture some offense. I have no problem with that. So I I, I went with Anderson Dolan, but you're right. Combination of having three defensemen on that list as opposed to one forward, that's probably why I went with Anderson Dolan. And I really struggled with this one because of the reasons that you just said. I, to me, I was thinking, no, Anderson Dolan is best served staying in Ontario this year, and as we've talked about, and getting a lot of minutes. And then I started thinking about the defenseman, and it was Kale Clegg, even though Mikey Anderson you know, right. is my guy. Yep. Uh, Kale Clegg was the one that I think deserves the call-up. He broke his foot last year the night he was going to get called up. Yep. Um, so I thought Clegg had earned that call-up and would like to see him up. And then I started thinking about the crowded blue line which we're going to get into a little bit later on so this next question was a dennis bernstein special uh (laughs) so if mikey anderson's my guy kovalchuk is your guy uh kempe's your guy as well by the way um ask him that (laughs) so when if uh will will kovalchuk return to the king's lineup and we gave four options here um he will not play in la ever again uh he would return this homestand he would be back just before the twelve fifteen, the final sal- uh, bonus salary, not salary, the bonus uh, payment. Payment, right. Yeah, or just after the twelve fifteen bonus payment. 69% DB said that he will never play in L.A. again. To me, that's a real stretch that it was that wide. 69% is crazy that he would never play in Los Angeles again. Um, I'm starting to think that people don't really understand that he has a full no-move clause. There's nothing that, you know, right. it, it's it's not easy. What are you going to do with him? How will he? How is he never going to play in L.A. again? He's not going to retire and walk away from, what, $5 million after the bonus payment. Um, he, you can't send him to the minors. You can't put him on waivers. Nope. It's not that easy just to never let him play in L.A. again. I'm using air quotes right now. People can't see You're that. You're not trading him because he's not playing. Yeah, so I, I, scout him. so I don't know about that 69%. But option, uh, the second place answer, which only received 15% of the vote, was that you would see him back before 12-15, I think it's the opposite. I think you'll see him back after 12-15 mm-hmm. because I think at that point you maybe can get a team interested because of the $700,000. So exactly. You would hope. I mean, that's that's your only hope. Yeah. I, I, unless the only other mitigating circumstance will be injuries. If you get two in, injuries to two forwards, okay. you're going to recall somebody, you're going to put him in the, in the lineup. You're you know I'm highly him. superstitious, right? So yeah. if that happens in the next game, I'm fully blaming me. you. Totally yeah, on totally me. on you. Exactly. Um, but what did you, you answer in that? I, I think I said after the 15th. Oh, you so you you agreed with me? Yeah, after the fifteenth, I think again, okay. again, it makes more sense. And they'd probably have to retain that salary anyway. They'd probably have to pay it out. So I, I don't think anybody would be interested beforehand. Um, yeah, I would say after the fifteenth. Well, remember, uh, yeah. it becomes about a million dollar question. 
if you were to buy him out in June, right? The cash cost of buying him out versus trading him in December mm-hmm. and retaining the maximum, which is fifty right. percent of the remaining salary, you would save about a million dollars. Yeah. So it's about a million dollar decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have to figure what would you be willing to put in to, as yeah. a sweetener for someone to take in that Kovalchuk contract. I'm sure we'll talk about Kobe more, but that, sure. that was question number three. Question number four, uh, this is an interesting one, and I didn't have time, DB. I would have liked to have gone back. I think I asked this question before the season, and I would have liked to have compared the answers. How many points will the Kings end up with this season? And there were four answers. One of them was um, no more than 65 points. Second answer was 66 to 75 points. The third answer was 76 to 85 points. And then, of course, more than 86 points. 4% of the people, by the way, said more than 86 Very points. optimistic. People. I don't know who these people are. They must be the same 3% that were on the other answer. I don't know. But the Kings are not going to end up with more than 86 points unless they go on a New York Islanders-type run here over the next yeah. 20 games. Mm. And I don't see that in them. But Tad bit short, they're going to show m- up. Maybe it's sure. possible, but at this point, no. Mathematically, here, it's possible. It's okay. <laughs> Here's the thing, though, DB. If yeah. you would have done the math prior to coming into the game tonight, because that's when the poll was taken, right. the Kings were on pace for 68 points. Okay. Now, tonight, they picked up one point. That's probably not going to swing the numbers a huge direction, right? Yeah, right. But they're basically they're on pace right now to be a 68-point team. Um, 50, I don't know if these 52% of the people that picked 66 to 75 points did the math and figured that out or if mm-hmm. they guessed or what. Yeah. I've been saying all along the over-under is at 75 Five. points. Yeah, agreed. Um, so 52% said somewhere between 66 and 75, and another 36% said um, 76 to 85. That or, would be something. If they got to 80 or yeah. 82, that's 500 hockey, basically. That, that's, that would be an accomplishment for this team, I think. Well, if you played more like you played in the final 25 minutes of this game or the final 40 minutes of the last game, I think it's certainly possible. But if you keep giving games away, um, you know. John, they just don't have the finishers. I know. I know. That's the problem. It's not about, you know, sometimes it's will over skill, but this is skill over will. They just don't have enough skill. Okay. Three more to go here, DB, in the poll of Palooza. Thank you to all the fans, by the way, that voted. Thousands of votes turned in. It was awesome. It was great. Uh, You guys went seven questions deep, which was awesome. So we love giving you guys some uh, opportunity to weigh in here and help the show along. Question five, ultimately, what's the return going to be for Tyler Toffoli in terms of a draft pick? Right. So when the Kings trade him, if they trade him, you can interpret that any way you want. Uh, Probably in February, the day of the deadline, What are they going to get back in return in terms of a draft pick? Are they going to get a first-round pick, a second-round pick, a third-round pick, or no pick at all, just getting players and or prospects back in return? Only 3% said no pick at all, so they must have had a a conversation with Rob Blake who said, (laughs) give me picks or give me death, right? Right. I mean, he he wants a pick. (laughs) First, second, or third. Uh, 67% of the people said second-round pick. Yep. 17% said a third-round pick. 14% said a first-round pick. I don't know how you get a first-round pick for Tyler Toffoli at this rate. Is no. it possible? It's possible, but he's going to have to put a lot of pucks in the neck, net between now and then, and you're going to have to find a team that has the right level of desperation. That's what it's going to take. Agreed. I can't see it. For, I think the best, best situation for them probably is a conditional second. Probably a third that turns into a second mm-hmm. based on performance. And with respect to scouts who were here tonight, now people make fun of us sometimes because we were in the first ones, you and me, to list scouts, and now everybody lists scouts. Um, Montreal had two scouts here. Sean Burke was here. Uh, Lauren Henning was here. That's a team that certainly could use him. He's been tied to uh, Boston as well. So maybe in Boston, 
you know, they're going to be in contention for the cup. That's going to be a, a low picket either round. If it was a third or a second, they could probably afford to do it. So I think those are two teams that look at it. But I think best case scenario for them would probably be a conditional third. And if he comes up and lights it up for another team, he get, they, it moves to a second. I think that's the best I think the best best case scenario for them. I, I agree with you. I can't see a first-round pick unless he goes off and has a, a nine-goal game scoring streak or something like that. But right now, that's probably where it sits. If Rob Blake can turn Tyler Toffoli into a first-round draft pick, God bless him. they should Absolutely. just make him GM of the year right yeah, then exactly. and there. And just, just, just forget the NHL awards. Just <laughs> hand him the tr- is there a trophy for that, or it's it just did. now it's they called the Jim Greger who just passed you're, away. You're right. They I'm so sorry. Jim, yep, yeah, that's the right. They did rename award. that. You're right. Exactly. Okay, yeah. so just go ahead. That's and, Rob's goal. That just give it to first, Rob Blake if he yeah, gets a first get round a first pick. Get a first round for uh, let's go RB. I had a conversation the other night with uh, with a writer about this and was saying I think that right now the trade value on Tyler Toffoli right now is about a third round pick. And Agreed. to me, that's why you don't trade Toffoli today because his value is not going to go down between now and, no. and and deadline day. It can only go up. You can only Agreed. hope. If a team called and offered a second-round pick right now, I really oh. wonder if Rob would just do the deal right now. I would. For a second-round pick. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, you almost have to, right? have to, yep. Okay, question number six, moving right along here. When Derek Forbert returns, and we're going to talk a lot about his return in the third period today, DB. When yeah. Derek Forbert returns, where would you play him? Would you put him, A, on the top pair with number eight, Drew Doughty? Would you, B, put him on the second pair with 26, Sean Walker? C, would you play him on the third pair with number three, Matt Roy? Or D, is he a seventh defenseman and you'd rotate him in and out of the lineup? Dennis, I am blown away. Every day, I am... I, 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 Say it. I don't even know why I'm shocked anymore at some <laughs> of these things that come at me on Twitter. I am blown away that 20% of the people said that he is a seventh defenseman and <laughs> rotate him in and out. So he's this as guy good as Curtis McDermott. This guy was a top pair defenseman with Drew Doughty. And you might not like Derek Forbert, right. but he is a legit NHL player who deserves to be playing every night. He is not a seventh defenseman. Twenty percent of the people, do you, do you think their penalty kill would be twenty sixth or twenty seventh or whatever it is? What I'm still stuck. What did you say? I was just I can't even believe what I you said, say? do you think they would be the twenty sixth <laughs> or twenty seventh worst a penalty kill with him in the lineup. No, no, I mean, and and that's who I would play him with Drew because you know what? That would give Drew a certain sense of security that I think would be make Drew a more offensive force. I think still there's still a hesitancy because of his the pairing who he's playing with, either a, a Hutton or whoever he's playing with, to to, to kind of not go full force. I think knowing that Forbert's back there and will defend and not going to go up the ice with him, I think that one. Release him for more offensive thrust into the uh, into the attacking zone. Um, so that's what I, that's where I would play him. And I, he's not a seventh defenseman on this team. I want to go back and modify my earlier grade. By the way, I want to. Um, McClellan is no longer a B. He's a B minus because, because Sean Walker with Drew Doughty. Just stop it. That is yeah, not a no. pairing. You just Agreed. just stop. No. If not. you want to erase the minus off the B. Todd, <laughs> then you need to get Walker off the pairing with Doughty. Um, I struggled with this one though, Dennis, because. Uh, in terms of the answer with Forbert, I don't know where I would play him. And and the fans were, were split too. 23% are on first pairing, 28% second pairing, 29% third pairing. I, it's like, I don't want to put him on the third pairing. If it was a really good team, I could see him as a third pair D. Exactly. And then I go, okay, well, the second pair, but see, here's the problem I have with the second pair. Go ahead. If you put him on the second pair with Walker, then who slots in with Drew? You is have it Mar- to, you, you have, have to, to put, put Marty to and, the left and Martinez side. would have to be right. Yeah, playing up there. So, and I don't like the Martinez Doughty pair, which it's is what never leads really me, worked. Right? It doesn't work, which is what leads me back to forward as the yeah, yeah, would playing alongside Drew. Put him up there twenty minutes with Drew and let Drew run up the ice and not worry about it. A little worry less about it defensive responsibilities. All right, 
It's going to get wild in the streets here in just a minute, DB. Yeah. So we need to wrap up the first period. Okay. Um, Andre Kopitar, <laughs> question number seven, the final question from Pola Palooza. Andre Kopitar is locked in at the one C. Fans, who would you like to see playing uh, as the second line center? We had Amadio, Perkorkin, Jeff Carter, and Blake Lazat, the Lizard, as the four answers. Just for you, DB, I left Kempe out of the options because <laughs> Kempe you, is now he's now a winger. He's now a winger. He's now a winger. So he wasn't eligible. Center, yeah. yeah. Do you remember that year? By the way, a couple years. It's probably like 2012 when we were voting um and they had uh, ovechkin listed as a right wing and yes, a left, left wing, wing. <laughs> and people voted people, for both uh, people went bananas right. it was like and we yeah the professional <laughs> hockey Writers association embarrassed themselves to no end he won both sides how hard is it to it's alexander ovechkin and you should know where he plays number one number two there was a note sent out to the writers that he is a right wing <sighs> right? how do you not know where he plays yeah i don't yeah, know exactly. um it was tough. Okay. Anyway, so of these four centers, here's how the, the fans voted. And I was surprised by this, DB. Um, Amadio received 15%. I can get behind that. Uh, Lazad had 25%. Perkorkin had 22%. Jeff Carter, 38%. Now, I don't know if people are just living in the afterglow of Jeff's smile because it is mesmerizing. <laughs> I, I know it's mesmerizing. The last week, he's been right. just like, you know... Straight He's off the cover. Of, it all. It's like the straight off the cover of GQ. It's like, exactly. you know, the He's old Jeff Carter, beautiful smile. Everything. He's, He's just looking dapper and handsome. He likes and the He's, yeah, he's all into it. So 38% for Jeff Carter. I, I, it's just felt weird to me to say that I wanted Jeff Carter as the second line center. It's like, been there, done that. That's Agreed. So I went with Prokorkin. Um, even though it felt a little bit early, I went with Perkorkin because I don't like Amadio as the 2C and I don't think Blake Lazat has enough finish to be a 2C. For all his little hustle out there, um, it just it feels more like a bottom six. Well, none of the guys that you mentioned except for Carter are goal scorers, right? So you're not going to get any offense from them. I would rather put Lazat in there because I think he's the best facilitator. I, I think that Perkorkin okay. is still trying to adapt to the NHL game mm-hmm. and, and he's making strides. He and he's getting more confidence and... I think he's more acclimated to North America. He's learning English a little bit more every day. Um, I would rather this go with Lazard. Probably want Kyle Turris. No, I don't want Kyle Turris. Kyle Turris. <laughs> he's on not the block. At, not go. at that contract. No, I know. I know. DB, isn't there four more years left on that deal after this? That's $6 million. Give me a break. It's 30 years old. I don't care. There's yeah. no way. I mean, you could have to retain um, 50% of that salary. I would even go then with, I wouldn't do it. I would go with Lazard. I, I, I want to see more from McCork in another five or 10 games. I agree with and you. Then, it felt early. It and, did. And then then I would make that move because I think he's clearly the most skilled of the players. And Carter, yeah, at, what's the point? Yeah, what's we've already point? seen that we've for seen many, that. many years. Not, not, not going to prove anything. If you, if you think you're going to get back in the race and be a playoff contender, maybe you want to put him in the 2C then. But let's explore more with the younger. And I agree with you, Mario. He, he's a 3-4 at best. Um, I broke uh, Prokorkin or Lazat, and I just, I just Lazat's a favorite of mine, but I agree with you. There's not enough offense on, on his stick uh, to really be a legitimate 2C. That's a wrap on the first period. Folks, we're going to be back with Greg Hedson. We'll talk oh, about yeah. the Circle Jerks reunion and L.A. Kings hockey after the break. Big club fighters and your newspaper writers Still need a drugstore to kill my buzz 
Welcome back. Second period. Our special guest tonight, a living legend in the world of punk rock, uh, Greg Hedson. Greg, we've had you on a bunch of times, the Sirius XM radio show, Mayor's Manor Live, but we had to get you back on. There's some big news going on right now uh, around you. Around me, let's talk about hockey. <laughs> okay, well, we'll talk about hockey. Oh, we're gonna do that too. We'll talk okay. about hockey, but I want to talk about the Circle Jerks too. I mean, come on, this has been brewing now for uh, a couple of years, and the Circle Jerks are getting back together, playing punk rock bowling. You guys are going on tour. That is correct. Yeah, it's going to be about ten years since the last time we played, and hell hath frozen over, and we're back together. Now, I, I do want to get this out right away. So Fletcher from Pennywise, he's a big uh, LA Kings fan, despite the fact that. Ducks fans try to claim Pennywise. Fletch has told me over and over he's a big Kings fan. And he's been on the train sort of like driving this. That's at least what I feel on the outside. Tell me from like the inside. Is this a, is this a Fletcher special he's been pushing this? A lot of people have, but he's, he's definitely one of them. And he's, he can be pushy. <laughs> well, when if you're if like, you know Fletcher. Yeah, when you're like 6'8 and you have hands the size of Andre the Giant, I think you can be kind of pushy. Um, so just uh, to tell us, how did it come to happen, and just why is it happening now in, in punk rock bowling? I mean, it's like kind of like a, a warp tour all in one weekend. For those people that don't know, punk rock bowling is a four, now five-day music festival in Las Vegas. It's tons of bands. But, Greg, you actually bowl, right, when you go? Or you have bowled? I have bowled, yeah. I've, I've bowled most of the times I've been there. But there's, it's actually started as a bowling tournament, and it kind of morphed into a music tournament. <laughs> uh, I mean, a musical festival right. slash tournament. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you have, it seems like you're there every year when I go, you, you're the punk rock karaoke and, you know, doing all sorts of different things. And then you jumped on stage with Pennywise a couple of years ago. Right. Still to this day is one of the best pictures I've ever taken. You high-fiving Fletcher. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> but like, how this happened, I, I don't know. It's just out of the blue. It just kind of. They just called you and it, said, hey. It was a perfect storm where it's like, yeah, you know, we, everybody wants to do it again and we're going to do it next year. Yeah, well, I was secretly hoping that last year you guys were going to put something together because everybody was kind of there last year, right? All right. doing their own different things, and I was yeah. like, come on, Greg, come on. This is just I think time heals all wounds. You know, bands go through stuff, and uh, eventually, you know, the statute limitations on resentments <laughs> go away, and uh, you, you remember that you're in a band, and you guys are you're like brothers, so it kind of kind of all healed itself. Now, before we get on to the hockey stuff, let's also, right now, you've been touring with Marky Ramone, and uh, I, I caught a set. You, you had told me uh, a couple days before that that the set list was like 60 songs or something. I thought you were joking. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it's it was, pretty long. It's crazy. I saw you at the, the MS Benefit there in downtown LA, but you, you're getting like key billing in that. It's not like Marky Ramone's band, like it's always been historically. It's Greg Hetson is very prominent. What, what is that like? Does, has it registered with you that you're in the advertising now? Yeah, it's pretty weird. Uh, <laughs> I'm no longer playing with him, however, but yes. Okay, so <laughs> that's, that's a done. whole other story. That's a whole. Okay, I was. I, you didn't text me. I didn't know that was the. Uh, I didn't know that story. It's always a no, story with you. No, it's all good. Okay. No, I'm, I'm busy all next year with the circle jerks, and okay. he, you know he need, needed somebody that's going to be available for him. So that's a new. That's a new development. I was going to say that's relatively new because I think I just saw the ads for the Gramercy Theater in New York a couple days ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's right. hot off the presses a couple days ago. Okay. But breaking uh, news here. And making news. You heard it here first. <laughs> All right. Um, let's get into the hockey side of things then. All right. So uh, for those, oh, but it, is, it was totally cool though playing with them, and it's you know who would have thought my you know sixteen, seventeen year old self would have never thought I'd be playing with a Ramon like on stage. That's pretty cool. It, it was that. 
give me another surreal moment. I mean, you've had so many, I'm sure, throughout your career. You've played all over the world many, many times. But, like, what, what's another sort of surreal moment that still sticks with you? Oh, I don't know. I guess uh, there, there's some really good ones. Uh, playing the Forum was cool. Yeah, because you grew up not too far from the Forum and then going to Kings games. And That's right. And then there I was playing the Forum, and the, and the Kings had already moved here. And, uh, you know, I've, I don't know if I've told the story before, but I'll tell it now. It's my stories. So we were opening up for Blink-182, and their dressing room was the old King's dressing room, and they still had the King's dressing room sign up, so I took it. <laughs> you had not told me that before. Uh, I have it, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I have it. You have that sign. I have that sign. Where, where is it? It's in my studio at my house. Okay, so yeah. it's hanging up. It's not like buried in the garage or something. So no, it's, I have my nice little plexiglass. Uh, it's on display. King's dressing room, players only. <laughs> I love it. And uh, I have mentioned to the, the Kings that I do have it if they ever want it back. And they've politely declined? So far. Unless <laughs> someone hears that and asks for it, and then it's all theirs. Well, back to your statute of limitations. I think it's too late. Like, you've had it for too long now. It's, right? Isn't possession nine-tenths of the law or something like That's that? That's what they say, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you grew up a huge Kings fan. Correct. And who were some of your favorite players growing up? It was uh, like early 80s was kind of your prime for, for the Kings, right? Actually, my first game was in 1971. Really? Yeah, I was 10, and... Uh, yeah, I, I kind of got into hockey a, a weird way as my mom took me to go ice skating and they didn't have public skating that day because they had, you know, the little little kids playing and they said, oh, do you want to try it? And then I was kind of hooked with the sport after that. So your first day on skates, you were you were trying to play hockey? No, no. I, I've, oh. I've been public skating before, but oh. they're, they're like, hey, do you want to, we'll let you borrow the equipment. And so... Uh, I was going to play hockey, and that's back in the day before you had to wear a full shield. Nobody wore face masks of any time, any, any protection. And the first game I was sitting out because I didn't know how, I had to learn the game. <laughs> Some kid gets hit in the face with a puck. There's blood everywhere, and I didn't play after that. I was like, I was scared. <laughs> well, you were. Wow. Um, but my favorite players growing yeah. up were uh, Marcel Dion. Mm -hmm. I've heard of him. Yeah. His jersey's. Um, Right there I'm the looking left. at his jersey yeah, right, right here. Right to the left of you. Yeah, and uh, and then there were some of the enforcers I liked, like Dave Hutchison back in the day. And, uh, of course, Rogie, he's up there too. He is. Rogie Are you just Hatchison. basically reading all the names off the banners? Or No. Uh, no, no. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah, and, of course, I, and Butch Goring too. Okay. He's not up there. He's not up there, okay, no. Butch is a, not up there. Butch might be here, though, on uh, Wednesday night for the he Islanders. should be here, For yeah. the Islanders night. Yeah. Uh, now, a, a couple, last year, we were just talking about this in the last show. Last year, uh, Colin Hanks was on the Kings broadcast, and he was super pumped about his Igor Liba jersey. So we all, you know, kind of whoever, whatever our favorite sport is, we all have that obscure player that we love more than anybody else. Do you, do you have one of those, like, really obscure Kings players? How about Sheldon Kanegeezer? I'm not even. I I've have. never I hate that one. Yeah, I've never. Number six. Of, <laughs> Whoa, six? DB. Really? I think he was number six. And then he had a brother, Gordon, I believe, who played for Vancouver. I don't know. I just knew Sheldon for sure. Well, yeah. he had like the longest name ever, I think, right. in hockey. Barely fit on the jersey. <laughs> and then years later, I'm going to see a friend's band uh, play at the Whiskey, some like new metal band, and one of the guys in the band was his son. Oh, wow! It was bizarre. It's like. Oh, this is someone so Kanegeezer. And I go, like Sheldon Kanegeezer? <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's my dad. <laughs> Small world. It is, after all. 
<laughs> yes. It's like the ride. <laughs> wow, a Disneyland reference. Okay. Um, now, let's see. Speaking of those banners over there, how about this one? Jeff Carter. It's been debated quite a bit lately, especially with him celebrating his thousandth game in the NHL. Right. D- does he deserve to have a banner, do you think, as a Kings fan, should Jeff Carter... And let, me, let me first tee it up and tell you that we think that Brown, Kopitar, Dowdy, Quick, all four of those will be going up. Right. Jeff Carter's like a tweener. So where yeah. do you land on, the, on Jeff, the cusp? Yeah, where do you land on the Jeff Carter debate? I think he's a cusp player because a lot of those players afford whatever just mentioned. I can't think of the word. Aforementioned? Is that the right word? Yeah, it's aforementioned. Thank you. Right. Thank you. <laughs> you got it. The gram- I'm the grammar police today. I'm, I'm glad That's we good. have the police here. <laughs> exactly. The enforcer. You're the enforcer. When it Dennis comes to grammar, enforcer. I am the enforcer when it comes to grammar. Uh, I don't know. A lot of those guys came up with the organization and have never played for another team. So I would say no. Good point. No. Okay. That, that's, you know. 500 of 1,000 games he played here, but. That's half his career. Yeah. Okay. I've he, always he, been a no until the other night. There was an interesting st- uh, statistic that, that was presented, um, and it was the fact that he leads all Kings in goals scored since he was acquired in 2012. And that, to me, is still a really crazy statistic considering the fact that he missed three quarters of a season. I'm not saying it's enough to push me over the edge. It's not because... It's opening my mind a little bit. But he's never had that watershed minute. He's never been a Conn Smythe winner. He's never really been the team MVP. He's never really won any awards as a King. Mm-hmm. So I think, and you, when you look at those banners up there and the ones also you mentioned, there's been more distinctive achievements as a king, to be honest with you. Definitely. Now, Greg, I want to talk a little bit more hockey, but how about we ask you about the wedding? You, you officiated a wedding here. Is officiating the right word? What is the word? I would say so. Okay. I, I, I did not wear my referee's shirt. <laughs> okay. but, the grammar uh, police <laughs> rules that it, officiating is a valid word. It is. Okay, thank ding, you for ding, that. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. that. Where's the, where's, the, where's the bell? <laughs> uh, we got some... Yeah, be careful, because he has all sorts of like, I weird got some sound, sound effects, effects going oh, okay. on. Like we're a New York uh, morning show. Yeah, right. Oh, wait, we'll do this what one. What do you have? Oh, I don't have oh. headphones. I'm, I'm waiting to hear it. <laughs> oh, we don't, it didn't fire. It didn't fire. Uh. Um, so tell us about the wedding. What, what, so there was nobody here, right? It was like 2 o'clock in the afternoon or something? Yeah, it was before the game, before a preseason game, and it's pretty scary. I mean, being – I didn't know it was going to – I knew it was going to be at center ice, but I didn't know that I'd have a microphone, you know, and through the whole, the whole PA – Thing and that's I'm not a good public speaker. I mean, if you, I have a guitar on, and there's a band, and I'm, I got an amp to, to hide, you know, everything behind. And Did you have to say, "Dearly beloved, we are gathered here"? No, okay. it was very informal. Okay. Yes. I would, you know? I would like to see that. Yeah. It's great. Is there like, video dearly of this? Beloved. Somewhere, yeah. I still haven't gotten any pictures, but like a really good official ones. Okay. But it, it was pretty cool. It's you know, it was a pretty exciting moment. It's definitely one of those bucket list things. Who could say they performed a wedding ceremony at Center Ice before a Kings game? Very, I can. Very few people, <laughs> yes. You have anything left on your bucket list at this point? I mean, like I said, you've toured the world over so many times. What's left? Uh, well, I've never rode a motorcycle, so maybe that someday. You've never rode a motorcycle, but that's no. on your list. That's something you want to do. Yeah, one of these days I want to say, like, yeah, I know how to ride a motorcycle, even if I don't have one, even if I just did it once. So you just want to go, like, rent Harleys one time when you're in Vegas? Exactly. It's oh. kind of like how the two times I tried surfing. Yeah, I tried surfing twice. <laughs> how did that go? Not so well. No? But no. you that's, like, from your, your hood when you grew up. There was a lot of that home, going on. Hawthorne, home of the Beach Boys. And, I, <laughs> A, I don't like the sand. I don't like the sun. And I got 
hit on the head with his surfboard, and then my leash broke and got yelled at by the lifeguard because it went into the non-surfing area. And I said, not for me. <laughs> uh, what about some of these young kids? So Brian Slagle, we both of us know uh, Slags. He was on Kings of the Roundtable a couple of times, and he took some heat, actually, for some of his opinions um, <laughs> on, on the younger players, uh, Kempe in particular and some other. Did you have any thoughts on any of the younger players? You know, we talked about the veterans earlier, but what about these young guys? Who do you like? I don't know, but I think uh, they definitely show a lot of heart. I mean, let's be honest, it's pretty much going to be a throwaway season, right? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it's rebuilding, but they're, they're giving it their all. I've seen teams in the past that had young players and the veterans, and they just phoned it in, and it was so embarrassing, the product out there on the ice. And I think they're actually they're, they're giving it their all, and they're, they're in most of the games. So, And that's what you saw last season, right? Last season was just a horror show, right? It was, was it was horrible. It was not yeah. watchable, right? Yeah. And now it you hurt. have hope, correct, as a fan? You, I, you, do, you, do you see, like, two seasons from now, do you see that this team could go back to the contention? I do. There's also some people down in Ontario that, mm-hmm. you know, some, I don't, I, names are escaping me right now, but that maybe should be up here that aren't up here that can also contribute down the line. Yeah, I, I agree. I think there's like, – tonight was a really weird game. I mean, there was nothing – I was concerned that saying, okay, this is kind of a mail-in game I saw last season, first 35 minutes, and then they woke up. And, guys, I, I don't know how many more wins they'd have with an effective power play, but they'd have a lot more. Right? It just they cannot finish the deal on the power play. I don't know what it is. Look, they need better coaching. They need better strategy. But they also need better players, to be totally frank. And th- that would have – you know, Two minutes to go, you get a five-on-four, you get a four-on-three in overtime, and they really didn't do much. So that's why they wound up uh, losing the, the point tonight. But, uh, look, they hung in there. Like you said, last year, 3 nothing, It would have been 5 nothing. This year, it's 3-3, three, three, you go to overtime. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, it, it gives, definitely gives me hope. Greg, you mentioned Ontario. I've been leaning on Dennis to try to get him out to Ontario. You've been out to Ontario. You've seen the rain play. Dennis has some phobia. Like he's coming from the valley. Okay, you know the valley. I live in the valley. <laughs> yes, in the you valley. know the valley. That's right. But Dennis gets stuck me, in Irwindale. Me and, me and Dennis's wife, uh, you know, get our, our pedicures at the same, same place. I wasn't going to. It is. No, I wasn't going to bring that up. But that is a true yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I'm man good. enough to uh, admit that I get pedicures. Yeah. That was one of the strangest <laughs> days of my life yeah. when <laughs> I get two text messages from two people that I never expected to. That would run into each other or know each other. Ever, right. Greg is texting me, hey, I met Dennis's wife getting a pedicure. And Patty's asking me, Greg Hudson, he's like this punk guy. Uh, Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's in a band. I just met him. He's a friend of yours. I'm like, what are you two people doing together in the same place? It was so weird. I was like, so anyway, Dennis has come. Do you have a phobia of getting stranded in Irwindale? Yeah, he can't make it past the brewery. He can't get to Ontario. Help him out, Greg. Talk, explain it to him. You want to explain something to me? You want me? (laughs) Here we go. I know the second coming is coming. The the Savior is going to be his first home game on Wednesday. You want me when it's going to be 90% chance of heavy rain to drive down the 10 on the day before Thanksgiving to see an Ontario rain game. That's what you want me to do. You could take Metrolink. No, I'm, I'm spoiled. I, I can't. No, can I, I can't. You can. I can't. I have you to drop my beam around. Can't or won't. It's like talking to my I, to a child. I can't. I can't. Canter won't. I, oh, I love having Greg on. You need to get him on here again. I can't do get it. him, Greg. Tell what him. If we carpool. Oh, carpool. Oh. Carpool lane. Yeah. Okay. And you Can got you, the carpool lane. But hey, I wouldn't mind being on the tent for six hours on Wednesday in the middle of a rainstorm. It'd be great. It'd be great. If and you then, two carpool, then, I, I need that recorded. I want to know what you guys talk about. And then when about. we get there, they'd scratch him. 
They're not going to scratch him. Oh, last minute scratch. Velarde's playing on Wednesday. They're not going to scratch him. Why? Because you're showing up, right? Okay. No. Are you like 10 minutes from there? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Not too far. Mm -hmm. That's a two-way street there. (laughs) Yeah, I would probably pass on the Wednesday thing, honestly. (laughs) Before Thanksgiving with rain. Yes, yes, Greg. no. The wrong game? Wrong Wrong game. game. Double hockey sticks, no. (laughs) Get him to a different one? Yeah. Oh, I'm committed to the All-Star game. Which isn't a, a no. You're game, going to you're going to St. Louis for the All Star game, so you can't go to the game in, unless you fly back that Sunday. Oh, it's the same weekend. The the game is on Monday. Skills competition on oh, Saturday. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. No. Yeah. So take a flight back on Monday morning, no, and then you can go. I you, am, AHL All Star game. You going to go that. this year, Greg? Or are you tied I, up I into January? In the January, I'll be in town. Okay. AHL All Star game. You I should never make been it up. To an All Star game. Really? No. What? There's been what three in L. A. The one at the Forum and the two here. I remember the one at the Forum was like 1982, maybe early. Something mm-hmm. like that, early 80s. And then 2002, I think it was 1980, actually. 80, okay. And then 2002 here in 2017 here at Staples Center. Yeah, I don't know. I just didn't get together, get, could get it together to get tickets. One, I think I was out of town for sure. And then two years ago, I just spaced, didn't get tickets, and or didn't have the money to buy the tickets, blah, 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 you know. Okay. You've played hockey against some well-known celebrities. Have you ever played against Chris Jericho? I don't think so, no. No? I don't remember. I remember Cuba Gooding Jr. and Maras Yahoo, who's actually a really good player. Really? Bruckheimer. Bruckheimer played. He used to play in in Luke's tournament. You guys, you won the, it's not the cup. What is it? Or is it the cup? Well, yeah, we played the Echoes of Hope uh, charity event in Park City a couple times. I did that. But one year, my team won, and... We were pre- they had the Stanley Cup on display because they had won that year, and they actually brought the cup onto ice and presented it to us, and I didn't really want to touch it. No, wait, the real cup? Yeah, the real cup. Oh, when you told me that story, I thought it was like the mini You're the real no, Stanley Cup. It was a real, real Stanley Cup, and I was like, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> Rick Robitaille skates out with the cup, and everybody's freaking out. Really? Yes. Wow, okay. But Jericho wasn't there that time. Jericho played in the uh, celebrity game here at Staples Center in 2002. I remember that. Okay. Yeah. Who, what's, what's a celebrity that you have played against that you remember? Oh, I'm Alan a good Thicke. One. May he rest in peace. Alan Thicke, yeah. Uh, no, Modest Yahoo was really good. And, he was, and uh, Mike V. Oh, really? He's good. Good player. Wow. I was playing against him and uh, uh, one of those. And I was at center ice with the puck. And out of nowhere, he just bumps Bumps me and takes the puck and goes, keep your head up, kid. <laughs> I, mean, I'm, I can skate okay. I have no shot. I'm kind of one of those people. I get, I get the, the puck and I panic and I want to Oh, you're Austin Wagner. Okay. Oh, <laughs> burn. Shots fired. <laughs> yeah. It's Last true. one then, Greg. When, yes. you are, when you're out touring, are, do you like to try to catch hockey or do you watch hockey live or what, what do you do to – because you, you, like, you need to get your hockey fix, I know. So what do, you, do. what do you do like when you're in Sweden? Do you, do you go to I've, a game? I've been to a game in Sweden. I've been to, you know, Western Hockey League. I've been to junior games, WHL games. I've been to, you know, ECHL games when that was still around. Do you have a favorite non-NHL league or, or a building or a team that you have enjoyed? Uh, hmm. Good question. You know, I don't have any. It was funny going to a game in, uh, like, I think it was Hampton Roads, the Hampton Roads Admirals. That was interesting going to a the game. The scope. 
Yeah, remember the scope? that? Yeah, yeah. That's what Dr. J used to play when he was on the Virginia Squires. That's a oh, ABA right. reference. Exactly. Huh? <laughs> yeah, but yeah. And I went to WHA games. Speaking of defunct leagues, I went. You know, I went to saw the Sharks, the real Sharks, the LA Sharks. At these, <laughs> That's amazing. These, these imposters, San Jose, <laughs> that were here tonight. That's right. But yeah, I've been to games all over the all over the world. I think I went. No, I didn't go to a game in Germany, but uh, I've been went in Sweden and. I know somewhere else, but I can't remember where. Okay. DB just got back from Sweden a little while ago. Yeah. He's, he's big in Sweden. We're big in Slovenia, too. Number one rated trending podcast in Slovenia. I wonder why. Uh, have you been to Slovenia? I have not. I, I plan to go this. I'm thinking about going this summer. I'm going to um, be playing there this summer, I believe. Oh, you really? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, no. Well, you know, we're, we're kind of tight with the captain, so we've had this invitation. So we might, like, fly to Venice, do a couple of days in in Italy and then drive over to Slovenia. It's a beautiful, one of the most beautiful countries. Yeah, he lives on Lake Bled, which is gorgeous. So I've always wanted to make it a point to, to get out there. So uh, Kids, get out there the, and go to Slovenia. Exactly. And he has a couple of great camps coming up there that yep. uh, they've the, been advertising. The academy, yeah, yep. the Academy. Exactly. I'm sorry, the Academy. Yep. Yeah, great. Can you stop a booking shows over in Europe, you know, and maybe book some <laughs> here over stateside? That'd be great. Uh, we will. <laughs> we're, we're getting around to it. We'll be it's announcing. Like, more will great. be to be revealed very soon. Okay. It's not just, you know, the few shows that have been announced. We got a whole slew of stuff all year long. Well, we're really excited about it. Greg, thank you for stopping by tonight. Yeah, we really love, having me. love having you on, talking some hockey, up talking up here some. In, in your, your Eagles perch. <laughs> yes. 3,000 miles up inside exactly. the arena. Uh, Greg, we'll talk to you soon. Great, thank you. I'm Thanks getting a nosebleed. Oi. <laughs> so, uh, the altitude. We'll be back soon for the third period. Welcome back to the third period of Kings of the Podcast with DB and the mayor. Third period, Dennis Bernstein, John Hoven, Kings of the Podcast, wrapped up there with uh, Greg Hedson in the second period. DB, how was that? What an OG. He's an OG, man. You know, he, his, he's such an unassuming guy, but really smart, uh, really personal when you get it. You know, like Craig Johnson, we got him to come out of his shell and uh, an intense King fan for a long, long time and just a good cat. We got to have him on again this season. Absolutely. And the thing that's so cool about Hedson, too, is that no matter how many times we have him on, different things, had him on the Sirius XM show, and he did an interview with Mayor's Manor way back before the Kings ever even won a cup. It's like every time he's on, we find out something new about tippet, him. Right, yeah, yeah, little interesting things, like the whole Stanley Cup story. I, I didn't realize that when they brought that cup out when his team won, it was like the, the, the real cup. cup. <laughs> yeah. So now I feel like an idiot. When he said they brought the cup out, I thought it was a little mini cup. Exactly. But now I guess there's Luke with the real Stanley Cup. Uh, so thanks again to Greg Hedson and, uh, can't wait for the circle jerks reunion. And, uh, of course I'll be there at punk rock bowling. Uh, my favorite weekend of the year, DB, I don't bowl, but, uh, four or five days of nonstop music there in have the Vegas desert. Have you ever bowled? I have bowled. Uh, yeah. But I mean, uh, that is a, that is a music festival. So I'm, you know me, understand. I'm there for the music. Oh, I'm not, totally. I can bowl anytime. You're 110% <laughs> in for the music. I'm not, for sure. I'm not bowling. I'm there yeah. for the, 
I was honored, to, by the way, to have Greg say that he liked that picture. It's a really funny picture. You know, you have little Greg, and then you have yeah, huge Fletcher, and exactly. they're trying to high five each other. It was a. <laughs> it, it looked like it was a staged thing, but it really right. wasn't. It wasn't they really. just no. They just they were on stage and tried That's to reach awesome. out for that. So I'm glad that Greg liked that photo and even remembered it. Yep. Um, anyway, let's do the rain report here real quick. We have a lot to get to from the uh, roster perspective. I tweeted out some stuff earlier today. So yep. Gabe Velarde has now, of course, played his first game. Um, with the Ontario Reign. He played about five minutes uh, each period, so he ended up with 15-26 of ice time DB, had a couple shots on goal, rang one off the iron, had some chances. He did win some draws, um, and he had a few good takeaways and basically showed some good vision. That's kind of the report that I received uh, after I watched that game on AHL TV. So is he a center or a wing? He's center. Oh, he's, going he's, to be play, center. he's playing center. Oh, he's yep, playing center. yep. Okay. He's playing center. Um, so here's the plan with Velarde. I reported on the last show that the tentative plan at that time, which the last recorded show that we did, DB, would have been Thursday night. Correct. The show came out Friday Fine. morning. The plan at that time for Velarde was for him to play uh, that Friday game, take the Saturday off. That was the back-to-back in Tucson. Right. Play this Wednesday at home. Yep. And then play on Friday again at home. Mm-hmm. And that was it. He wasn't going to play the back-to-back this coming weekend, the 29th and 30th. Although, in talking to some people today, there is now a possibility, I might even say a strong possibility, there's a good chance at least, that he's going to play all three games this week. Really? And he's going to play Friday oh. and Saturday. They wanted to monitor him. They said he's feeling sure. he's feeling great, He's and, and they're happy with what they've seen. So it's nothing set in stone just yet. But if things go well on Wednesday night at home in Ontario, if things go well on Friday at home in Ontario, then when they played their road game on Saturday in right. Bakersfield, which is teddy bear toss, by the night, uh, by the way. Uh, so please get Gabe out of the way when the teddy bears start flying. But uh, he we could want play, any excuses. He could play all three games. That would be a big step. That would be, I mean, that's, that's a huge ahead of schedule. That. Absolutely. That's, that would that's be great. great news from a guy who really needs some good health news. So that's really good. Everybody was positive. Everybody that I talked with in the organization, everybody was really, really positive. And you heard Craig Johnson on the show last Thursday, even yes. he himself saying, hey, I really like what I've seen from Gabe and just his body language and his approach and his, you know, everything. Everybody's been impressed with this. How this, much of the game is mental, John? You know. Uh, 90% they say, and so (laughs) he's in a good mental space. Also happening with the Ontario Reign, there is other news besides Gabe Velarde. You had uh, Sodergrand scored his first goal the other night in Tucson. Matt Valalta in goal, his first AHL start. That was a story in and of itself because Cal Peterson had played every single game for the Ontario Reign. DB, he's made already more than 100, 100 more saves than any other goaltender in the American Hockey League. I thought they had a lot of good defensemen in... In Ontario. Well, but they're learning. (laughs) They're learning. They're They're learning through They're young, and they're learning how to defend. Exactly. They are. They're learning. You know what? I will give Stutz a lot of credit on this one because I was mentioning early on coming into training camp about how exciting it was because the blue line is loaded, and they have all these blue chip prospects, and, you know, Mikey Anderson and Clegg and and Dursey and all these guys, and he kept saying, pump the brakes, calm down, like it... These, it takes time for these kids to it adjust, oh, sure. and he would just was repeating it and beating it into my head. And sure enough, he's right. These kids take Next a little. Tommy sees you's going to beat you over the head, probably. Oh, he would love. He would get, give his right arm to beat me over the head. He <laughs> any any chance that he can get. Uh, <laughs> I think his favorite pastime is is making fun of me in his, in his press conferences. Okay. Um, you played the clip a couple of weeks ago oh, yeah. when he called me out and said <laughs> yes, that John. I wasn't at the game. Where were you? <laughs> Sorry, Stutz. Uh, he's he's just a beauty. Yep. So uh, some good stuff going on there. Now, uh, earlier in the show, in the first period, we talked about Derek Forbert and when he returns. Now, here's a little tip for you, DB. Yeah. Uh, I put this out on Twitter. Derek Forbert could be seeing a conditioning stint 
in the American Hockey League okay. as early as this weekend. So he's really progressing quite nicely. Um, and he could be he could be in game action this weekend, and then after the conditioning assignment is over, he could even be back in L.A. Okay, John, let's talk about the roster then. What's going to happen? Well, here's the thing. Right now, the Kings are only carrying 22 players. So if he was to make it back first, then they wouldn't have to make a roster move, but that's right. not going to happen. Happened. This ties into my other bit, right. which is that Trevor Lewis mm-hmm. could be back in the Kings lineup as early as Wednesday, mm-hmm. Friday at the latest. Right. So they don't have to make a roster move okay. other than to bring Louie off of uh, IR, IR right. but he, they don't have to make a corresponding roster move. That's also why Matt Luff is probably staying in Ontario oh, right. for right now. Yeah. Uh, they'll have to figure out at some point how to get him back up to, uh, up here. But um, with Forbert, here are your options, really. Uh, you have Ryan, you have Roy, um, and you have McDermott. Those are really right. the three. I mean, you can exclude Dowdy. You can exclude Martinez. You can exclude these. Right. You know, Ben Hutton, they're not going to put on waivers. No. Right. So you're left with three choices. Ryan, Roy, and McDermott. This is what I think. I think there's no way that you're putting McDermott on waivers. Okay. That's not happening. So eliminate that from the equation. That gets you to Ryan and Roy. To me, this is a somewhat easy decision. Send Roy down. Roy doesn't require waivers. Yeah. So why? And with He's the, playing too much, though, John. Roy? Yeah. Why? They're, they need the depth on defense. Why would you give a player away for free? You're assuming you'd get claimed. Why would you risk? Give, does that make you feel better? Why would you risk giving away a player for free? Even if there was a 10% chance, why would you roll the dice? You need depth. I'm not risk averse. I, I, I think Matt Roy is too well liked by the coach, and he's playing too much to put him on to, to send him down. I, but I, I, I get your point. I'm not arguing the point. I'm just looking at the reality of, of who's playing and who's not playing. Like McDermott's a scratch, like, and he's clearly the seventh. Right, so you yeah, but down. you're not going to give him up, and somebody would claim him. So you're going to penalize Matt Roy for playing good because you want to protect. Is he playing McDermott? well? I mean, he's third pairing defenseman. I mean, he's he's playing all right. He's still a young defenseman. He he needs to go down, and you know, does he? Well, I don't know. I mean, to me, he does. Rather than give, rather than risk giving up Ryan. But here's the thing: Ryan left side, Forbert left side. So there there could be. How, how would you slot this whole thing? It goes back to our previous conversation. Yeah. So if you put Forbert up with Dowdy, right? Yes. Then you play Martinez yeah, yeah. with Walker. Correct. So now who's on the third pairing? Roy and Ryan. Roy's a right shot. Ryan's a left shot. Yeah, but one of them has to go in order to get Forbert back up here. So then Ryan's your seventh. No, because McDermott is. Well, not anymore. Okay. So you're going a different direction. You're going to put McDermott on waivers? Yeah. No. Not happening. Okay. You want to bet a coffee over that? No, I don't want to bet a coffee. That's what I used to know what I would do. <laughs> okay, what's Rob going to do? Uh, I guess he would send Roy down. If you, if you believe in asset protection. I do. Then when you, when you don't have depth, that's when I believe in it. When you don't have depth and they don't have depth on defense. Yeah, but if, you, if McDermott got claimed, you do have enough right side You'd bring up one of the kids from Ontario. McDermott brings you toughness and brings you some other stuff. He's Cliffy Light. He brings you an element. He's that, tough when he plays, but he didn't play tonight. But he also he, he works box. great. He works great in the in you know uh, in drills. He works hard. He battles. He has the right uh, work ethic. He's a good culture guy. I get your arguments. I'm okay. just saying. I I I, I want to argue tonight, DV. I know, but I don't feel the need to protect that asset like you do. Okay, fine. 
Shafi Gulen, uh, he had surgery back, uh, uh, wrist injury back in the uh, preseason in the KHL. Just to give you some prospect news here. I'm transitioning off of DB's takes on what to do with asset protection. Um, and I tweeted out earlier today because um, yeah, fans... See, wait, wait. Go back to okay. Matt Roy's playing 15 minutes a night. He's not playing 10 minutes a night. Okay, that B- minus just became a C+. Plus. I'm changing my grade. <laughs> oh, really? You think he's playing too much? If he's playing 15 minutes a night... Yes, he he's averaging 15.08. Give me all, give me all the minutes. Do you have them all right there? Yeah, hang, I know hang Dowdy's on. playing forty eight minutes tonight. I got that. Who else? He's Who's, in the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. He's he had a triple double. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to give you all the numbers right. Give now. me give him all to me. If only we had prepared. While Dennis is looking up the numbers, let me finish my Shafi Gulen point. Okay. Um, so, if fans, if you want to keep up to date with the prospects, we put out once a week, we have the Your LA Kings prospect, track, prospect right. tracker. It keeps you up to date on every single prospect in the organization um, that are playing non-professional uh, hockey. So if you're in the junior leagues, if you're overseas, all these guys, non-professional in North America, that is. So I'm not talking about AHL players, but if you want to know what's going on in the junior leagues, what's going on in college, you want to know Turcotte, you want to know Fajimo overseas, all that stuff. It's all in there. So Shafi Gulen hasn't played, um, and basically he's been resting because his uh, wrist that he had surgery on has sort of been acting up a little bit. So that was an update that we had in the Kings Prospect Tracker today. I'm going to finish this thought, DB, and I'm going to circle back to you. Sure. We have some Kings on Kings crime that's coming up. We have Cole <laughs> Holtz versus Andre Lee. That's coming up this Sunday. That'll be Penn State versus UMass Lowell. Um, we are probably going to miss out on the Kitchener Rangers versus Hamilton Bulldogs, Kings on Kings crime. That would be Jacob Ingham, who will be returning as a goaltender for Kitchener soon. Uh, Kaliev, of course, playing for Hamilton. But that game is scheduled for December 13th. Kaliev will be at Team USA with the World Junior Camp. Right. If you're not up to speed on what's going on with the World Juniors, I've tweeted a bunch of stuff about it. The Kings could have up to nine players in the World Juniors. The first list of names coming out for camps is going to come out uh, this coming Monday. So just after Thanksgiving, you'll see the U.S. and Canada uh, and probably even Sweden release their lists. The Kings have two, two uh, players probably playing in the U.S. Uh, camp. That would be Turcotte and Kaliev. They have two players in Canada, most likely. That would be Thomas and Dudas. And they have two players on the Sweden group as well. Uh, that would be uh, Bjornfoot and Fajimo. Okay, Finland, you have Kapari and you have Kim the Finn. We talked about that last time. And then you also have Perik for the Czech Republic. This Friday, though, the 29th, the day after Thanksgiving, you're going to have Owen Sound uh, playing Kitchener. And I'm not sure yet. I'm going to have to find out if Ingham's going to be back in goal. Then okay. you could have Dudas going up against uh, uh, Jacob Ingham there in goal. And then you will get one, probably one game right before... Team Canada camp opens, and this is awesome, DB. These guys are good buddies. Niagara at oh, Owen boy. Sound on 12-4, yeah. and that's going to be Akil Thomas versus Dudas. So that's some pretty cool stuff there. So, yeah. DB, now that, now that I've run down the prospects, uh, before we get to our final segment tonight, what, what are the, the okay. minutes here? What do you have? Okay, Dowdy, 25-38. That's it? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> about 23 that's minutes it? short. Yeah. yeah. Amard has tw plays 21 minutes a night. Too many. Be okay. about, should be about 17. Okay. Sean Walker is third, 19-13. Uh, ben Hunton is fourth, eighteen nineteen. Okay. Ryan um, only played eleven games, but he's when he plays, he's playing fifteen thirty eight. Uh, right behind him is Matt Roy, all twenty four games, fifteen thirty two. Too many. And uh, your boy Curtis McDermott, um, thirteen ten in eleven what, games. Eleven. I was going to say six or eight games. He's yeah. played eleven games. Yeah. And Bjornfort has played about twelve fifty eight in three games. All right. So do you have any difference of an opinion yet? Uh, have you differed your opinion no, on I, what to do with the assets? I would waive McDermott. 
You would wave McDermott. I would wave McDermott. I, I can't wait to tell him, him that that's what you said. Exactly. I hope he's listening to the podcast. I hope so, too. Have you ever met Curtis McDermott? It's a big know. dude. He is a big dude. It's a big dude. So is Dustin Penner. I wasn't. You know, I pissed him off <laughs> too Pins, back in the day. But Pence is a teddy bear. Yeah. All right. Well, he can't get mad at me for, for honest criticism. It, that, that's my point. I, I get I get your asset protection point, but the kid is playing, you know, fifteen over 15 minutes a night. That's a lot. You wouldn't send him down if he's playing 15 a night when the other guy's playing. Why not put 13? Ryan? Okay, look, you drafted, you developed, you you have, have been, you know, um, what, the bosom that has coddled Curtis McDermott through his professional You're just career. A McDermott lover. So why not? No, I'm just asking. Why not? Teams tend to protect their own. Why not put Ryan on waivers? Because uh, I think Ryan is better equipped to play in the NHL than Curtis McDermott is okay. because of his foot speed. Okay. Uh, I, it, look, I wouldn't argue if, that. Point. If you waived Ryan, I wouldn't have a problem with it either. He okay. was a stop. He's a one year deal guy yeah. anyway. He was a bridge player. He's for a sure. bridge player anyway. So um, I would just keep going with Matt Roy. That, I think it's more about Matt Roy than the other two players. You can flip a coin, but if it winds up that Matt does go down and play because of the, the waiver situation, I have no problem with it. I, I get I get your argument. I get your side of the point. I just think he's he's earned and deserved a spot, and I think the coach likes him as well. How about you wave McDermott and Ryan and call up Paula Du? <laughs> yeah. No? Okay. Yeah. Just, just checking to Let's see if you're the script. checking to see if you're paying attention. I'm sure Paul would be much better on the PK than those two guys are. Well, he is an offensive-minded defenseman. <laughs> hey, real quickly, DB, th- I had no place to put this in the lineup tonight, okay. but I wanted to bring it up just because I thought it was curious. Uh, it was interesting. Yeah. The Kings PR staff noted today that the silver sticks that they pass out, like the one that Jeff Carter received the other night, okay. they weigh 16 pounds. Wow. I had no idea. No. It, it, it was, they they put wow. it out like a, like a PSA, like a public yeah. service announcement. It was like, did you know that these silver sticks weigh 16 pounds? 16 and I was like, pounds. 16 pounds? It's That's freaking, heavy. It's like a bowling ball. That is very heavy. Yeah, it is heavy. So wow. um, I did know that they were actual sticks. They're not like, uh, they're real player sticks. They're not just, um, you know, what do you call those? Like commemorative replica, sticks. Yeah. They're not just like replica sticks that they, that they, no, I knew that it was really the player stick, but I had no oh, idea. Really? 16 pounds? Wow. That's a lot. That's pretty heavy. That's a lot of silver, bro. Okay, it is. Uh, for our final segment tonight, DB, I want to talk about something that really started with the NBA. There was a report this week, I believe it was from ESPN, that said that the NBA and the NBA Players Association are in some pretty heavy discussions um, because they're talking about shortening the regular season uh, back to about uh, 68 or 78 games. I forget which one it was. I think it was 78 games, actually. Okay, so that would be 78. Yeah, three or four off. They're reducing four, I guess 82, so I'm sorry. Yeah, 78 right. games going back four. I put 68 in my notes, but it's 78 games, trimming four games off. That's one thing. Second thing they talked about is doing a play-in to get into the playoffs. That's similar to what Major League Baseball does. We'll come right. back to that. Third thing was to reseed the final four teams that are remaining with the hopes of basically getting the two best teams right. into the final round. So we'll talk about that. And then the fourth idea that they're doing is this all-30-team midseason tournament that they would play. Mm-hmm. And um, the way that this would sort of work, I'll tell you, let's, let's tackle each one of the okay, four and yeah. then I'll get it. So first of all, would you be in favor of shortening the season from 82 regular season games to 78 regular season games? I would. I'm not sure the owners would because it's a live gate. Yeah. Um, you lose you lose 26,000 ticket sales probably right. if you're a good team. So, uh, But for the safety of the players, I would have no problem with it. Um, and because of the parity of the league, it's, yeah, I, I have no problem with it. 
Okay, so the NHL, uh, just to, to follow up that point for fans that don't know, the NHL is a ticket-driven league where all of the other leagues are TV-driven leagues. Right. Now, the, the league is going to be getting a new TV deal. Right, that's where it could be impactful. When yeah, you but make I, it more sense when they click in that new deal because they're going to make more money on this on new but deal. But still, we know how the owners are. I don't think the owners are going to take that money and then offset it, offset it and shorten it. Agreed. So they I don't want to add two. Yeah. Um, I, you know, remember, there were 84 NHL games at one point. Right. They used to play 82 regular season games and then two neutral site games. Right. I wish they would go back to maybe an 80-game. Uh, I like that concept. So I wish they would go to 80 games. 80 plus two. And then plus two and play those two neutral site yeah. games. I think that's a great way to grow the game. Um, the Kings played games in, in Sacramento. Right. I went up there and saw them play the Oilers and all sorts. Of, they played in San Diego. They played all, all sorts of places. I think it's a and great way to grow. they already do it with the Winter Classic and the Stadium Series games. Too. Yeah, they do. So maybe they do it differently now um, than, than back then. Okay, so we're in favor of shortening the season. So that's a good start. Um, point number two, a play-in to get into the playoffs. So in other words, like maybe six teams get seeded. And then for those two wild card spots, you have, I don't know what the NBA was thinking about doing, but I don't think you could do a one-game play-in. Maybe you do like a three-game series. I don't know. Maybe it maybe it is a one game play. What would you like? Would this you? This is not the NCAA. Okay. I don't. I, there's you're not, you're not you're not a play in guy. No, I, the playing game is game eighty two. Sometimes you've had situations where 80, okay. the eighty second game means something. This is not the NCAA. I I don't want to look. Half the teams make it, John. I I don't need two more trying to get in. Be good enough to be the eight seed. Okay. And and don't worry about it. So I don't want to dilute it anymore. So baseball's a little bit different then because so few teams Agreed. make it in. Yes, that's different. That totally that, that hundred and sixty third game is, is just a different situation. Yeah, no, it's totally different. Okay. Yeah. I'm I, I could go either way. I don't I don't know if I want to see play in teams. I'm fine with the with the way it is yeah. right now. I, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um reseeding the final four teams to get the two best teams into the final round. I'm not in favor of this. Neither am I. It's called the Western Conference it Final and the Eastern Conference Final. Because the disparity on, on, on the number of points and stuff like that, unless you play a totally balanced schedule, it doesn't make any sense. No, just, John, win the friggin' games. Yeah. Like, go be, it, it's hard enough. Like, mm-hmm. nobody's complaining, nobody, John, who had an easy break on the schedule of winning the Stanley Cup the last 20 years? Anybody? Well, the Stanley Cup is the hardest trophy to win, so that's why I don't is, is necessarily... Anybody have a, a... Did anybody breeze through? Um, St. Louis, they breeze through? N- no. Did they no. have a little tough road? Well, I mean, the Kings kind of did in 2012. <laughs> from the eight. <laughs> from the eight seed, but So yeah. from a scheduling standpoint, they had to play the one seed, and they, they yeah. never had home ice advantage. Right. This stuff about just reseeding and stuff like that, it's, you know what? You know why you reseed? Because the people in Tampa crime because the team choked in the first round. Mm-hmm. Right? And you had a situation last season where all four division winners lost. That was crazy. Right? But you know what? Maybe those teams weren't that good. Yeah, this league is start. It, I mean, there, you can't say this about every team all the time, every division winner, but it's crazy how we've seen this. It went from just the President's Trophy. Right. You know, teams would get bounced. Yeah. And now it's kind of like trickled down into the division winners. It's almost yeah. like you don't want to win the division because more often than not, or at least often enough, let's say, that those division winners don't You don't want to be charging down through. the stretch. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't matter. Look, all these teams came from eight seed. Look where St. Louis came from. It doesn't matter. Just be good enough. Because, again, and this, this word's going to come up again and again as we get later in the season, but the load management stuff, like how are you going to play the last 20 games of the season to prep your team? It's not about – and the problem is is that these guys are so driven. They want to win trophies. They want to be – they want to win games. It's, it's hard to – you know, John, imagine telling Brown or Kopitar if they were in a playoff race – and you got to sit out a couple of games here. We're going to rest you. Like, they're not. They're wi- not wired that they're way. They're not wired for that. Mm-hmm. It's very, very different. Um, so I, I, I would have a problem with that. But I, I think the reseeding is only situations where 
people are upset because the top seeds got knocked out, and maybe you're covering the team or rooting for that team. I don't think anybody's had an unfair seeding. I know they talk about the second and third teams, and they've got 100 points. John, when you look at these teams that make the playoffs, you've got to be 95 or 97 anyway. So the fact that a 103-point team played a 105-point team instead of a 98-point team, it's all BS. I kind of like the way the playoffs are set up now, I I mean, how you're playing within the division for the first two rounds and everything. I I, I like the way it is. John, let me tell you something. <laughs> is there... Is there I wish team? people could see you right now. You're looking really exasperated people, you know, about there's, this. There's, <laughs> there's riders who whine about this crap because they got nothing else to whine about. Like, tell me there's something more exciting than the first round of the NHL playoffs. Like, there's you something get, more exciting than the playoffs, period. Yeah, but the okay. first round, there are upsets and stuff like that. It just, the, the, like, reseeding and stuff like that. Have you watched the first round? Like, last season, you had four number ones go out. Like, do you want any more drama than that? Like no. are you kidding me? It just it, it doesn't make sense. It, it just this is a hard this is the hardest trophy in professional sports to win, as you mentioned. Just leave it intact. You don't have to change stuff for the same sake of changing things. Who's going to benefit, John? Do you really want the team at 120? I want the team with 125 points to go through the worst and toughest schedule, not make it easier for them. Well, look, just to be clear, no one is suggesting to change it. I'm asking. Because the NBA and the NHL are often aligned and because they're in the same buildings and the scheduling and, you know, uh, they're just, there are a lot of similarities, you know, the, the number of teams right. and, and the schedule and the whole thing. So anyway, the last one was all 30 teams participating in a midseason tournament. I don't know if they're trying to take some of the shine off of the NC2A tournament or what the deal is, but I can't see the, how the NHL would do a tournament in the middle of the year. I love the World Cup, but you do the World Cup in September. Season, yeah, yeah. You, it was great the way they did it last time in, uh, yeah, in Toronto. Absolutely. And this time you can mix it up and do it in a couple cities, like I know they're talking they about need doing. To do that, yes. and that's great. That's fine. But yeah. that happens before the season. It's a September tournament. There's yeah, you don't do that in the middle of the year. <laughs> I mean, how does that even work? It doesn't. work. That seems weird to me. It doesn't. And work. And then, and then, from what I read, and I'm not an expert, so if you're in the NBA, please don't tweet me. But from <laughs> what I read, the way that it works in this 30 team tournament is that in the first round, you would be playing games against your division foes, and those games would count as both. They would count as regular points in the standings, and those same games would also be quote unquote tournament games and count towards the the bracket of the turn. Really, you're trying to confuse your fans more. I mean, just. Good night, everybody. Good Just night. Play the damn games. Tip your bartenders and waitresses. Good night after that suggestion. No, it, it makes zero sense. It, it it something like that has to be preseason because it it elongates the season. It gets you attention in September in certain cities. Um, I think that the tournament was very well received. The ticket sales weren't great, but um, you can't do that in middle season. So come on. Okay. Come on. How are you going to do it? And just go to the Olympics and get done with it. Okay. How about if you had a. Uh, um at the all-star game, what if you expanded it a little bit more somehow to where more players were able to go? Like mm -hmm. what if you sent a full team from each division instead of what they do? And maybe you had like a, a little tournament there. I don't know. I'm just, you think more players want to go to St. Louis no, in, in that's January? True. That's true. That's true. I got players that tell me to send the other guys. Yeah. Like, well, I don't want to go send my teammates. How about an outdoor all-star game? What do you think of that idea? Okay, I try it once. Okay, see how it was rec received. Yeah, it'd have to be in a unique setting, though. It'd have to be somewhere like Jerry World or something like that. I would try that once. Okay, I think the players would, re would receive well because the the players half ass it anyway. So they you know, I, I I don't know if they'll ever go back to this. Rob Blake, by the way, was was uh, part of the the committee that came up with this idea. One of my favorite 
All Stars that they did was when they the 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 captains drafted the players. Yeah, do you remember that? And they yeah, get them totally. all on stage. Yeah, it was and great. Then they, I loved that. Yeah, I wish they would go back they to that. They should go back to that. That would be a lot. Of, they should just do that at the beginning of the season for all teams. Yeah, it'd be like a like a not not an expansion draft, but it would be like a season draft. Yeah. So the Kings, they it's like an expansion draft yeah. though. They only get to retain eight players. Yep. And everybody else is available. <laughs> and then Kopitar stands up there at the podium and he's like, you know, we'll take this guy. Yeah, exactly. Like a schoolyard. Thing. Yeah. No, I, I think when they draft that the could be the new. World Cup. It's, it's, and so, you know, the problem is it's the last guy. The last guy picked, they make fun oh, of Oh, Mr. Relevant. Yeah. It's, 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 he wins a car or something, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he did win a car. He won yeah. a Honda or something. Yeah. Something like that. Wasn't it Phil Kessel? It was Phil Kessel. Yeah, yeah. it was. Oh, great. Something like that. It's been a great show, DB. It's been fantastic. Episode 13.1. Thanks oh, to Greg Hetson. Yep. Uh, for coming in and talking some hockey with us. And DB, the Pola Palooza was great. The, uh, the fans. Uh, we're we're there on board, and uh, we're gonna head out now. That's gonna be the end of the show. Yeah, John, I'm sorry I can't join you. You know, I just can't make that drive down the ten to Irwindale on Wednesday. You know, the forecasts are bad, a lot of rain, and but you enjoy the second coming. I will be there for Gabe Velarde on Wednesday. DB, uh, happy Thanksgiving. Same to all the fans out there. And we're going to leave you tonight with uh, some new lag wagon. It's called Bubble because, DB, we're all living in the uh, the little hockey bubble here. (laughs) Absolutely, Gabe. We'll talk to you soon, fans. Stock Exchange Group is here to be your essential global markets infrastructure and data partner, where open isn't just a platform, but a philosophy, giving you the freedom to make your mark in the world. LSEG. Open makes more possible.